I, I'm not gonna look at that roster because I just don't like them. It's the same. Um, it's like the pretty much the same. Like I don't know. They added like Zell Lamb, and then that was basically it, right? Yeah, probably. And they they probably don't have Pirlo anymore, but probably probably don't have Frank Lampard either because he's coaching somewhere else. Union goals scored by AJ and Luke the Goofy Brothers. Hey guys, it's the Doopy Brothers podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down here by myself in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and I'm joined by my co-host and my brother. I'm Luke, and I am now officially uh, healthier in Philly. So Nice, man. I hear Philly welcomed you with some protests, riots, tornadoes, pandemics. Yeah. How's it going up there? Yeah, it's been an eventful uh, first couple weeks up here, but actually it's been great. You know, we um, I, I'm now in, in brewery town, Philly, so getting to know the neighborhood in the area, which is pretty cool, like our apartment or like a straight shot straight to like our, our our street goes like straight down to the art museum so it's like a cool little walk straight down there ah um, fart museum yeah man yeah yeah so we like, that's awesome i look for i'll be up there in two weeks yeah Mark it down two yeah, weeks so, i'll be there yeah, explore and um yeah it's been fun um but you know I'm, 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 i miss you buddy i miss you down there i miss you too buddy <laughs> Yes, yeah, so this is episode 61. We got a lot to talk about. Um, and now we're we're recording like every other podcast tonight now that uh, the MLS back is back tournament draw is out today. So we'll be talking about a little bit of that, believe it or not. Um, so soccer is back, but there are more important things going on um, in this world. Uh, history will be looking back on this time. And they will not be talking about the MLS is back tournament. We'll be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. And we bring that up because, I mean, you can't you can't ignore it, and it, and it should not be ignored. Um, and, and particularly, Philadelphia Union players and representatives, coaches have been talking about it out there, and and it's great to see those of our own um, team being active and and bringing light to the in, injustices that have been happening in our country for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, you know, Jim Curtin, he. Uh, if you pull up MLSsoccer.com right now, he's he's on there talking about how we live in a racist country right now. Um, but I liked how that article particularly ended, um, and he was talking about. Uh, uh, let's see, I'm just going to read the quote. But is but it is a time for all of us to come together to help out, to speak up, to listen, to get to know each other on a closer level, and to work to improve things. So that's pretty cool that um, the union's coach is one of the voices out there speaking for change. Yeah, and and along with them, we, there's been a lot of really, really great conversation um, within MLS through like CJ Sapong, Fafa Pico, Greg Addis, McKen- Mark McKenzie, a bunch of others, like a bunch of uh, current and former union players or black athletes who are speaking on, on the on the on these issues and like bringing up really great. Um, conversations and hopefully everyone can listen to these 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 conversations and that we can all support and move this the all this forward and and actual change can can come and it's not just you know a little phase that we're all involved in but it can it's a little more of a long-term you know challenge that we're all that we're all a part of and we're all 
you know, we're all part of the issues. So it's, it's something that hopefully, you know, with time we can, you know, change can actually happen and we can move forward as a country and, you know, these injustices to black people and people, minority people can, you know, be just, you know, they can, you know, get all the, all the treatment that they should be getting, the, the right treatment that they should be getting. So it's, it's a difficult time that, that we're going through right now, but hopefully it's, it's, it's a necessary challenge that we're all going through. And, and, you know, these MLS players and, and MLS as, as a whole, as this big platform that hopefully that it, it's cool to see that they're using it for, for good. Yeah. And it's definitely been, uh, been good to have these, have this such in such a forefront, um, at this time, especially in an election year. Um, but like, so you and me are, are a couple of nerdy white dudes, but it's important to have these conversations, conversations that um, likely wouldn't have come up without uh, all, this, all this change ahead of us. And, and even talking with my wife, we're having more conversations about race and stuff um, as we're both teachers and in education thinking like, how can we, how can we um, push for change? How can we improve things, make things better for everyone? Um, even talking with our dad when he was here visiting uh, just conversations that we are having that we've never had before. And, and it's not always easy conversations, but conversations that need to be had in order to uh, further, further the change. And, and, and that's, it's just, it's just cool. And so that's like, how will this period of time be looked at in the history books? It, it hopefully should be a time where great change was made um, through all the right, right avenues. And our, our great country came out stronger. So hopefully, Hopefully that's what we'll be teaching in the future, that this was a time of great change and overcoming obstacles that shouldn't be there um, and striving to make this country the way it should be. Yeah. So let's get into something less important. Yeah. Uh, The MLS MLS is back tournament. Um, And yeah, that's, that's what it's called. MLS is back tournament. And I'm just saying, it's like, it's kind of weird. The MIBT, the men in black tournament, men in back, MLS <laughs> yeah, is black. It's a, it's, MLS it's a terrible name. Let's tournament. just say that. It's a terrible name. Um, but no like, one cares because soccer's back. No one cares. And, but it's also kind of funny, like in this time where like everything is sponsored, everything is corporate. They didn't get a sponsorship for the tournament name. It's not the you know, Suncoast Invitational, which we all were hoping for <laughs> with our great history down in florida winning that um but yeah it's just kind of funny that they didn't they weren't able to or chose not to get some sort of sponsorship the audi i mean i guess audi gets the playoffs so they didn't want to i guess disney is by default they're the sponsor here i guess so yeah so today at 3 30 p.m eastern time uh charlie davies hosted the draw i guess he wasn't the host but he was the one in charge of the balls um and I, I was looking forward to seeing him. I thought we, uh, the balls were in good hands there. Um, but it was kind of awkward. And I guess it's just kind of awkward because we're all in these Zoom calls and social distancing. And also, they did what they could to make it cool. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting just seeing Charlie in his room with a bunch of red Easter eggs, basically, in an egg container, all with uh, numbers written on the marker. Yeah, and then like the the top seed each had like a delegate to like pick the number that they wanted, and like that that's how they drew the teams in each group, and it was like really weird and like it, 
I don't know. It's like never seen anything else before, but like of course, you know, this is it's MLS. They're always gonna make it weird, but um, it was it was an interesting process. And we don't know, and we don't know that like each delegate wasn't told like, all right, you're picking number three, you're picking number eight, you're picking number seven. Now we would hope that that's obviously not what happened, but like I there mean, were some matchups within. Well, the second half of the podcast will get into specific matchups and stuff but there are some that came out like that la teams both being in the same group where you're looking at it and like wow they kind of they wanted to get some uh viewership for these group stage games and uh maybe maybe you know the cynics might say this was rigged but i'm not you could, that you could definitely see a, a rival rematch in every single group and some too but it, so it's there's definitely some uh maybe some questionable um uh circumstances there but you know it's it doesn't matter it's it's all gonna make it's back for some great tv yeah. hopefully and um it's really it's really weird that this is all happening but it's all also really exciting because like when are there there's never ever going to be a, a time like this where mls is going to ha have this world cup tournament yeah so it was like exciting I, I set an alarm on my phone so i wouldn't stupidly miss it um and because I was just excited to see the draw and then it was like really an awkward draw, but I, I just like that excitement. My wife was like, she knew I was excited for this. Um, and, and so, yeah, now we have this like legit tournament coming up in about, uh, what is it? Three weeks or so, I guess today's June 11th. So yeah, about, about a month. Three to four weeks. Yeah. yeah. About a month. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, six groups. Um, uh, uh, I like the timing of the games. So there's the 9 a.m. game, and then you have to wait it all day. To which there's was eight and 10:30. Yeah, that that sounds right. Which is all weird, but also it makes sense. I feel like that was like an uh an issue that the players probably like fought for, so they didn't have to play in like the middle of the heat in like the dead of summer in Orlando. That probably would have been like the worst conditions ever. So. I get, I get for the players' sake, getting having these kind of weird times, but I, I don't know. I think it kind of works out for, for personally, for me. I feel like those are like easy times to watch a game. I don't know about you. Yeah, I um, the only one that with two kids, the nine a.m. one could be a little um, distracted my viewing, but sure. uh, that's still the one I'm kind of thinking um, I'm really looking forward to. It will be. I do think just kind of as we're talking about it. I get the 1030 games for viewership, but if you're a player, like an eight o'clock game is normal, but uh, the 9 a.m. and the 1030 games, because it's, yeah, the viewers on the West Coast will be watching at a normal time, but that's still 1030 uh, p.m. East Coast, which is where the players will be. So you've, I mean, I'm, I'm not awake at 1030 most nights and these players will be just starting a game. It's almost like playing at the field house, playing some indoor soccer. And, you know, you, I, I go to sleep at eight and set an alarm for 10 o'clock so that I can go <laughs> play indoor soccer at 10 30. Um, but it's kind of like that or, or the 9 a.m.s where players, you know, they're very um, adjusted in their game day schedules, but you know, what time are they going to have to wake up in order to be prepared to play and how much like they're not going to have to, drive to go to Chester they're not I mean they're just kind of like walking out of their hotels hopefully and having a short trip over to the fields there's no fans so I don't know everything's going to be an adjustment for the players and it's kind of interesting to think about how 
their routines will be um, skewed due to timing of the games. Yeah, I, I feel like we're definitely going to see the worst quality soccer in those morning games. I feel like that's definitely, that's got to be the one that's going to be the hardest for the players to adjust to. Because I always, I feel like we always hear players uh, whenever this like timing comes up that like players like the, the night games, they like, feel like they'd like to get the, the full day to like get prepared and get their mind right. And then the night, the night games are like the ones that usually also have the best atmosphere with like, you know, under the lights and with fans and stuff. But it's a, it's a little different with this, but um, I feel like this morning games are going to be a tough one for the players to, to get into. Yeah, thankfully, um, they're all going to be kind of stuck in hotels and not going out and enjoying the Florida nightlife, um, hopefully. So no one's waking up in the morning feeling you-know-what. Um, so the Union did get drawn in. So let's let's talk about – I kind of forget where we put this, but the groups. Um, we're, we're in the group of six, as you know by now. Uh, but, like, why is there a group of six and not two groups of five? Like, it's it's a weird thing for them to be for MLS to have done, but it's classic MLS. Yeah, of course, of course they're gonna make it weird because there's like Nashville had to get sent back to the east, which they obviously are like an eastern city. They should be in the east no matter what, but they like had to be in the west because of conference alignment. But now in the tournament, they have to come back to the east for this the tournament alignment, and it's now there's this big group of six, and the rest of the groups are groups of four. But, yeah, and like you use that word alignment. I hear you say alignment, but like it's almost like they misaligned, misaligned. That's that's a word now. Um, the league in order to make a group of six instead of a group of five and two groups of four in each conference. It's like so weird that, and then our group now. I mean, I don't, I don't know the math to all the points, but there's definitely more points up for grabs in our group. Um, even though we're still playing three games, so it's like I feel like there was confusion there that we're playing more games there, but we're not. It's just right? Three. Yeah. But it's yeah, like it's... The, the, the like the matchups, like I, it's like weird. Like, it's like something that I can't get my wrap my head around that there's like logic to having a group of six and not two groups of five. But right. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like we could get four points, you know, uh, a win, a tie, a tie, and a loss which would probably be fine in a group of four to advance to the knockout stage. But in a group of six, four points might not be enough. Hopefully it would be at least one of the top third place um, because so the top two teams in each group get to go on and then there'll be four third place teams that move on. But I, I mean, you could potentially see four points, but you falling to fourth place based on like goal differential and a team with better goal differential is sitting in third, also with four points. Oh my gosh, this is going to be like a logistic nightmare. Like, because I feel like when, in World Cup, you're always thinking about like, all right, well, if we win and this team loses uh -huh. by this many goals, you're always thinking about all these scenarios in every game you watch. And now with this like, in this tournament with like the third place thing, you're going to be thinking about like literally like every single Eastern Conference game right now. I and feel like, like uh, Mike Thomas on Twitter. He's like a beast at like coming up with all the like math and scenarios and everything that could happen. I feel like he's, I feel like MLS just said this to mess with him. It's, he's been um, tested for sure. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like our, our group more than any other group, you're going to be happy. You have five other teams that you have to calculate their scores, their goal differentials. And, and then um, that group also, so we're going to have three games. They all count towards MLS regular season standings. Right. And so regardless of being in this MLS's back tournament, those 
three games are worth nine points in regular season standings yeah. in a season which could be shortened in yeah, which so those points like... become way more valuable than anything else like it's not just uh, let me do a wellness tournament it's like let me do well so i can improve my standing within the league it's yeah it's so crazy yeah so like like in normal world cups or it's like if you lose the first two games or the third game it's you know you're playing for pride or whatever so this is not like that it's gonna be which which is good you know makes good soccer hopefully and and i mean everyone takes this this seriously but it's it's just gonna be such a we're gonna need multiple spreadsheets that smarter people are gonna have to put together to to figure all this out with, with each round yeah and like so yeah speaking on world cup so like a team loses their first two games. That third game, they might you know, throw in some young players just to try to get them some World Cup experience or something. But you can't do that in this because that third game, regardless of if you're in or out of this tournament, that still means something. So that's pretty cool in that aspect that mm-hmm. that's still going to be points that you're still fighting for regardless of how your first two went. So in that way, it is it is a cool cool setup for, for this tournament. Um. There's also the the new rules for the tournament and like for the the match the match play. So there's going to be five subs. Like they're they're doing they're doing that in Bundesliga, right? Like right now, right? You're right. So they're doing that, and then also a 23 man roster compared to the, the the standard 18 man. So that that helps with uh like fitness, getting everyone back into fitness for for these games. But I'm curious how how the strategy will work, mainly for the five subs. Like if they'll they'll be more like first half subs or they'll just be a lot like a wholesale change in like somewhere like the 60th minute and just like a bunch of fresh legs running at, at potentially tired defenses. And like, can you sub El Cino on for 10 minutes, take him off for 10 minutes, put him on for another 10 minutes uh, without, and then you still have three more subs or so. I mean, um, knowing Ernst Tanner and how he's able to game the system, I'm sure he'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah. It's probably just change jerseys. Yeah. No, that, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, but man. yeah like jack the rise looks a little older and it's <laughs> different <laughs> feel like when creed dyed his hair and uh <laughs> with the ink um but yeah so like five subs uh we'll get we'll get into the specifics with how jim will play that later on but there's lots of fun up op- fun uh options and ideas but you would hope that they're used well and you're not sitting there with like, oh, I really made one sub and it's the 87th minute sitting on four subs. Like, like you'd assume guys like Fontana, El Sino, um, Corey, Avutin, Corey Burke potentially. Yeah. Like those guys have to be getting minutes um, because mm-hmm. you've got five subs. You're not, I, I don't know. You just need energy on those fields. Um, so hopefully that will, and, and 23 men on the roster, like shoot. I, I'm pretty sure at least one of the Doopy brothers is going to be on that bench somewhere pretty far down. There's but, a good shot. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's not the craziest idea. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Corey Burke. Uh, scored a hat trick a couple weeks ago. No goals this most recent weekend. But, and, and I think Jim even mentioned there might be some Vista issues with getting him back for this tournament. Um, I know that's not a fun thing to hear, but it's also, also not surprising. No, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, if he returns, that would be cool because he's he's got games under his belt more than 
yeah. mean, I, I haven't really kept track of other MLS players overseas, but he, he'd have to be the only MLS player that's in that tournament that's like game fit. Right. Yeah, and that's that's a pretty cool thing to be able to have, mm -hmm. um, either on as a starter or as a bench option. Um, so hopefully, hopefully he's able to come in. Would you rate him? Where would you rate him in the striker pool? Um, I mean, third. So third, that would be Shabilko Santos, and then he would be the next, and then above Vooten. Above Vooten, yeah. and then Galina number five. Yeah. That's yeah. That's how I would see it, right? Is, or do you mm -hmm. do you see it differently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I see it too. Um, then I was trying to think: Is there any USL players who you would bring in? Um, since you can have an ex expanded roster, uh, I feel like I feel like there's a guy, and he's got a name that I, I won't remember, but I'd recognize it. Um, hmm. I can see them maybe bring him down. Do you see any any areas? Where they they could use a short term contract, like I, I feel like I saw that um, the rules on short term contracts have been kind of loosened to allow teams to sign USL players for this tournament. Uh, I mean, maybe like a, maybe like another defender, because like yeah. like I don't know if we like we have like basically like three center backs. I don't know if you want to call count on Aurelian and Colin anymore, but um, you maybe Colin. Um, no FAMU or uh, Topi, like I don't know, someone just like maybe fill in a little bit of depth there, or like maybe like Issa Rayan as like a he could be like a fullback or like a midfielder, like guys like that could that could like fill in multiple positions and have a little bit of depth and coverage there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do we, uh, Zach Sandy, do we still have him? Yeah, yeah, he's there because he 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 played in uh, the US Open Cup game against DC when we went deep into the bench. Remember that? Yeah, he was he was pretty fun to watch. He was like a little yeah. little energy. So yeah, that's why I was thinking like an energy type guy mm -hmm. in one of these games when you got five subs and um so maybe like a guy like that. But yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see. I mean, it is exciting for like USL level players too to be hopefully kind of waiting for that call, probably be in touch with yeah the first team coaches and yeah, I mean uh, maybe if if Burke doesn't get um. His these issues issue uh, you know sorted out maybe like one of the younger guys like um like Borgelin I think he, he maybe he could step that's, in yeah yeah that's the name mm -hmm. he's like a should be a good prospect that we're, that you know eventually could could make to the union maybe this is his shot so you know something like and that would know, be pretty get, interesting let's get, get Paxton Aronson up there there you go there you go it's his time man it's his time I mean he's been you training know. with a, a U.S. national team player so. That's true. That's oh good. yeah, that's true. yeah. Not many, not many people can say that. Um, all right. So one of the last things. I mean, there's a couple things, but uh, the grand prize. So finish the. We've talked about the group stage. Top two teams in each group and four third place teams get into this knockout stage. The knockout stage game doesn't count towards league points or anything. Mm -hmm. But if you win it all, you get an automatic berth to the Champions League, uh, CONCACAF Champions League, not European Champions League, and $1.1 million. Not a bad prize. But I was trying to think, is that enough of a prize for teams to go all out for it? Now, for the Union, we've never won a trophy. It's like, heck yeah, like, I don't care what the prize is. We just won a trophy. Um keep your money keep your champions league berth we just need a trophy mm -hmm. but like say a team like seattle 
who's got maybe some older players or some veterans who have been there and have done it all. Is that prize enough to go risking them? Um, if you're going to have a shortened regular season, uh, regular season in quotes yeah. after the tournament, you know, like, is it worth those guys continuing putting miles on their legs? Um, I guess into what would be into August at that point. Right. Right. Um, so when I, you might have a really congested fall. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it could, like, I think there's advantage in like, I, I think, I think the prize is, is, is pretty good, but I think there's, there's a bigger advantage in just getting that might those games in. And there's like actual like pressure, like something on the line, like match games that, um, that I think will be more valuable, like when the regular season starts, and that's I, mean, I guess that's like up for debate because it's unclear when the rec- the regular season will like return after this tournament. Like if it's right after, then like it's really good to like have these games and like just jump right into the season without like skipping a beat. And these most of the other MLS teams are like sure, but like I mean I think what like one of the things that Curtin has been stressing so much is is fitness and whoever's the most fit is going to be the most successful this year and. If you're getting like these all this match play, then you're going to be the most fit and most match most mass match ready when the regular season returns. And I feel like these games could be pretty valuable in that rather than 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 playing three random games after taking months off and then taking another couple weeks off and then getting back into the games. I feel like that like back and forth of like playing and not playing is really would really like affect a lot of teams for the worse. So getting those games, keeping consistent games going is like get the gets these players ready for like a real season you know yeah yeah i guess yeah i just um champions league is always i i i love i like watching it and all but sometimes i just wonder like the true value of it um as compared to a lesser league such as like the league nations cup or whatever just being that I feel like teams who do well in the Champions League the next year usually struggle because they're like kind of playing too thin. They, they've got their players spread too thin, trying to put too many chips into the Champions League bin, and then they're struggling in the league or vice versa, where they, they focus on the league and then Champions League, they just kind of get beat out by uh, Mexican League teams that just have more value. Yeah, sure, that's fair. But it's also like when you think about these there's Champions League when the, there's uh, when the teams are going all in on those they like those are the teams that eventually like make it into the playoffs and still make pretty good runs into the playoffs so like even if their their beginning of their season is is rocky they like they're the teams that are good enough that like and and, and that experience in the Champions League helps like they're good enough to like get to the playoffs and be able to know how to win playoff games maybe but that's because also everyone gets into the playoffs in MLS Sure, but they're the teams that know how to win them because they're they, they're maybe. more accustomed to the to the big the big pressure moments. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, I still have some questions like leading up to this tournament. Um, or like as it's June 11th, I'm still have some questions about, and maybe this is stuff that you can answer for me, and maybe not. Um, if a group A. So let's say we are sitting on four points in fourth place in Group A, but we're higher than like a third place team. Who does MLS take? You know, like take. So let's say we have four points, 
but due to goal differential, we dropped to fourth place. Um, Group A is first, second, and third place. Teams all advance to the knockout stage, but the third place team in groups, other groups, only have like three points each or something. So then we're a fourth place team with more points than a third place team. Do we get to advance? I I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's, I, that's a question. The way it's written, it's like the third place team, so you might not win, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah, because like yeah yeah it's just i mean like if you think about league just league points if you get four points out of three games all while you're playing away from home like that's that's not a terrible haul mm -hmm. but in this tournament it might not be enough um and then another question uh let's see so kind of just general like after the tournament how will the rest of the season look um after this so like right after do they start how how long after the the championship do they start does the championship teams do they get like a little extra rest time do they not want rest time are we playing home and away within our conference if so if we're doing a home and away well we just played nycfc so do we still play them twice if we do play them one more time where do we play them because both of us are on the road during this tournament um hopefully we play on a soccer field not a baseball field and then also like nashville do they after after this tournament um, for the rest of the way, are they considered a Eastern or a Western Conference team? Oh, and yeah. Would that true. have an impact on us? Because yeah. we've played, we started the season with two Western Conference games, and now we're kind of playing a Western Conference game within this tournament. Does that have an impact on schedule making or anything? And it's just, um, yeah. So just just some questions, just some questions that are still yeah. up in the air. And hopefully, like. If, like by the time this tournament starts like rolling off like i hopefully it'll be more defined like they'll have a better idea of, like when the re the rest of the regular season games can can resume and we'll have a better idea of, like how all that will shape and like because all this is like it's so so weird all this this whole situation that like it's i'm sure there's so many scenarios that they probably have thought about but like they didn't understand like where where we'll be as like in as a country in a month or two and like and then you know they'll they'll roll out certain plans so hopefully they're they're on it but yeah it is it is interesting how many different factors there are to, to think about with this this whole situation yeah uh, you're telling me all right man well let's let's take a break after the break let's let's break down the unions group we're in group a with all those teams and who we're gonna be playing and we'll talk about some other uh groups and matchups that we like we'll designate what we think our groups of death are and group of cupcakes all right cool. so come back after this break hey guys the brothers podcast here aj and luke thanks for listening we know you got a lot going on and no one's listening to podcasts anymore because no one's working but we appreciate you listening to us um we talked about the tournament but now let's get into some of the specifics what do the doopy brothers think about the unions matchups so we're in group a a group of six um, and our matchups are versus Nashville, Miami, and on NYCFC or NYUFU, as some like to say, and I like that. So, Luke, what do you think about the being in the group of six and those match matchups? So, I'm still undecided about the, the group of six part of it, but the teams are matched up with, I, I feel pretty good. 
I mean, mm -hmm. we have two expansion teams, so I mean, they're wild cards, but they're also usually weaker teams. Um, Chicago Fire, who looked decent to start the season, but it's you know it's a fire. I'm never really worried about them. And then Orlando is always a mess. And then New York City, who's always give us problems, but only when we play them on a baseball field. So I feel like we're, right. we're pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's kind of like you look at that group. Um, you got an SC, a CF, an FC, FC, and a SC. We're the only team that's not got the initials after our team, after our name. We're the only one with a real team name. So that's that's, that's a, pretty cool for us. Some good analysis there. Um, granted, Chicago has the fire and the FC. Um, but but yeah, so go Union for not having initials after their name. Um, Ooh, one more fact that I saw on Twitter that it's someone else. This is someone else's fact that um, the Jim Curran is the only coach in this group that was in the MLS last year, mm. which is pretty crazy. Which in a group of six, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Another fun fact: no one in this group of six has won a game in the 2020 MLS season yet. So that's that's fun. Oh, geez. And, and the teams that we're playing, the three we're playing, have yet to get a point. So, feeling, uh, good. feeling good. Not, not that we're like sitting there on a pile of points with our one, right. but it was an know, exciting one. It was an exciting one, but yeah, we're playing the bottom three teams of the Eastern Conference technically, all sitting at zero and two, and a minus two goal differential. So, we have the minus two goal differential as well, but we got that one point. So, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. There's <laughs> a lot, a lot to break down from that. Um, but yeah, you, you look at the teams in the East, uh, it's not a terrible draw. You know, we avoided, um, you know, at, Atlanta, obviously we didn't, you don't want to see, and Toronto can be tough as the two yeah. seated, other seated teams. As far as seated teams, you wanted to be in Orlando's groups, so that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, the fact that we got the two um, Inter and Nashville teams, that's, that's a good sign and Chicago's not been strong. So yeah, the group, the group is pretty ideal for a team that's uh, been together for a while, has a coach who's been there for a while and ha is on an upward trajectory uh, out of any of those teams. We're probably on the steepest upward trajectory of any of the teams. Um, not that there are many teams in the league that are doing as well as us, as far as overall trajectory of their, uh, I guess, history, as you'd say. Um, but yeah, you're not in a group with Red Bull. You're not in the group with Columbus Crew. Uh, yeah, a lot of the, yeah, just a lot of the teams that have been traditionally really good, like with the exception of New York City, like we avoid, which is which is pretty pretty nice. Um, and New York City is even like they have a new coach. Uh, they I know they have relatively the same roster, but that a new coach can always throw off a team. And obviously with with this this year's situation, they they could be a lot of this jointedness going into this this tournament so there's could be some weakness that we can attack there that you know we have a, an established team and an identity so there's a lot of positives looking to this group a and like obviously we're just gonna be staring at these this group of six for like the next month and just analyze the crap out of it but um you know initial thoughts are pretty good yeah uh as far as market value according to like transfer market i think um we are the second least valuable team in that group um i'll just go through from top to bottom most valuable you want i mean you want to take a guess who the most valuable team in our group is i want to say new york nope enter oh, okay yeah i was gonna they're, they're gonna be number two but 
Okay. Yeah. So, so it goes Miami's number the most valuable team uh, according to transfer market, then NYCFC, and then Chicago, Orlando, and then us, and we're just above Nashville. So money-wise, I don't know what that means, but um, That's it, it's just cool to think that, like, we're <laughs> – if you think if if you looked at like comments and stuff, you know, uh, tweeting for brotherly game, but uh, where do you think we'll fall? Everyone everyone's kind of saying we're either going to be one or two, and being that we're the second least valuable team uh, in that group according to transfer market, it's pretty good to be top two according to general consensus. Um, and, and maybe if I followed more Orlando City fans, maybe they're thinking they're going to be top two, but they're all stupid, so. That's true. Not, That's not facts. Facts. <laughs> um, so yeah, the uh, na- cool thing playing Nashville. You, you claim we're playing Nashville first. That's gonna be fun. You got some union connections there. You got uh, uh, Taylor Washington, who we drafted. Ken Tribbett, who uh, was a standout for us. Um, I mean, he stood out for one reason or another. Uh, Daniel Lovitz <laughs> is from yeah, you like that. Daniel Lovitz is from Pennsylvania. Never played with the union, but it's uh, from Pennsylvania. Yeah, D Jones, Mr. Derek Jones. We all know him, love him, homegrown. Uh, so it'll be good to see him, hopefully. And then lastly, uh, your favorite jersey, the David Akam. Yeah, Duke Poops. unfortunately, I'm going to have to not wear that for the next month. Dude, you can wear your new Danny Mwanga jersey. Oh, Luke just oh yeah, we forgot to talk about those. Okay. Yeah, we got Qu- jerseys for a little bit. Oh, I got AJ that, a Fred jersey that's like a the 2010 no bimbo uh primary blue jersey with fred on the back and then just two days ago i found a um a similar jersey the same year jersey no bimbo and blue but with danny wong on the back for like 35 bucks so i I grabbed that one so it's gonna feel pretty good about that purchase right now i'm wearing the white uh 2015 white one with the blue stripe on the sleeves and the i guess kind of waist the lower bottom of the shirt uh it's got like the stripe of stars bought it off of ebay too at a ten dollar discount too so this only cost me 20 bucks and and actually like it a lot i know it's not i didn't think it was a jersey i'd like very much but i wanted it to work on my collection and then i bought it and now i really like it It just fits well and looks good so there's your uh jersey update on uh, a little sidebar back to nashville so nashville has those and looking through their team, I mean, they, they got, I'm just kind of looking through some of their people, some people you recognize. Um, Dax McCarty, he's, uh, let me look at his age. He's 96 years old, so you got to watch yeah. out for that. A lot of experience in those legs. Oh, Eric Miller, did we draft him? I don't think no. so. No, Eric Bird yeah. is who you're thinking about. Yep, yep, Eric Bird. Um, uh, let's see, they got a Romney, Dave Romney. So there's that. Same name as the politician dude. Uh, Joe Willis, is, oh, and their their biggest name would be Walker Zimmerman. So, but he plays defense. No one likes defenders. Uh, our next matchup, you say, is going to be versus Miami. So we're going. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I don't know if those are the actual. That's the actual order we're playing. That's just the way the Union tweeted it. So that's how I took it. But yeah, it you took it that be... way. I argue with you, and yeah. I'm just saying that it is based on your knowledge. It's probably wrong, but we're going to talk <laughs> in this order anyway. So let's talk about that Miami next. Miami, you know, you know, they're they're going to try to get some bigger names, um, but union related, 
the biggest name, Lord Helmet, John yeah. McCarthy. That'd be cool if uh, we end up playing against him. If like Luis Robles. Ooh. Oh, and also play for some reason in the knockout rounds, they go straight to PKs if it's tied. Uh, so oh, if Miami's yeah. in a PK, you know, or in a tied situation, I know I, I I bet they're gonna sub in McCarthy in the 90th minute just so he can take care of the PKs because Robles, I don't know if he's good enough, but I mean McCarthy is a, is, a, is a special specialist, so that could be fun. Yeah, here's here's a fact I know for a fact about uh, Robles. Robles is actually never in his life stopped a penalty kick um so it, it's definitely mccarthy's to take is that so right? that, that'd be exciting uh no <laughs> you idiot you were supposed to ask me if it's real i can't <laughs> lie to you my no, brother I, I felt like either like him or maybe it was Romando that were like notoriously bad at pks but i don't know maybe i'm thinking of someone else but i, yeah, I don't want to pin that on him but it'd just be fun to see mccarthy yeah. jump in yeah, looking at um the Miami roster, it's kind of funny. It's just like a lot of names, but I don't, I don't know how good they'll actually be. You got Victor Ujoa, uh, Will Trap, Roman Torres, Ben Sweat, Louis Robles, um, yeah, like Alvis Powell. A lot of you like like pretty veteran MLS guys, which is interesting because they yeah. were supposed to be like the big flashy team, and they've got no, um, Pizarro, they who's Pizarro. yeah, and that's, yeah. that's huge. But other than him, it's like they have a couple like younger. Like there's a couple young Argentinian dudes who's basically pretty good, but like they're not like big names or anything. So they have an interesting team that I feel like pretty confident looking at, like just at the roster. Um, yeah, Lee Wynn, he's 30, 39 years old. He's pretty old. Um, that's not true. Uh, AJ De La Garza, he's 54 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and Mikey Ambrosi, that's something. Uh, Juan Agud, nah, Juan, uh, not so good at LO. Um, he's 46 years old right now. So, actually, take a guess. How old do you think Juan Agudelo is with I'm, how long he's been around? I'm staring at it right now. Okay. He's yeah. 27. But yeah, he feel like he's. Wait, he, he feels like he would be like 32. Yeah. Which isn't like crazy, but still. Um, and then who's last? Oh, NYUFU, NYCFC. Uh, I, I'm not gonna look at that roster because I just don't like them. It's the same. Um, it's like the pretty much the same. Like I don't know they added like Zell Lamb, and then that was basically it, right? Yeah, probably. And they they probably don't have Pirlo anymore, but probably probably don't have Frank Lampard either because he's <laughs> coaching somewhere else. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I think the overall feel is you know Nashville, Miami, NYCFC, not a bad not a bad draw. Let's look at some of the. Anything else you want to say about the group A before we talk about some other groups? Um, no, I yeah, no, I think we pretty much covered group A, as, you know, as well as we could. I was going to say we talked about. It. I don't know how well we covered it, but words came out of our mouths. <laughs> yeah. So there's five other groups out there. Uh, they range from group B to group F. <laughs> so there's that. Um, which group do you let's say let's start with group of death everybody likes to talk about group of death which would you say is your group of death um i think it's pretty clear that it's going to be group f is going to be labeled group of death because they got two la teams portland's always good and houston's usually like pretty decent so that's yeah that's probably gonna gotta be it i 
I have another, but do you have any others that um you think it could be grip of death? Um, uh, let's see. Group E, I think, think Atlanta without Joseph Martinez, um, Red Bull and Crew could be a little tight. I don't, I just don't know how good Red Bull and Crew are gonna be. Um, crew, the Western Conference. Crew, I mean, Crew added a couple good players. So I feel like they could actually be pretty good. Like, I feel like I remember we were talking about like how we were pretty nervous about them yeah. this year because they kind of loaded up and they have Caleb Porter coming back, so they should be coming like a, a pretty solid team. Yeah, and so just on that point, would you prefer? So, like we said, we don't know how the season's going to continue after this tournament. But let's say we don't play my. Um, no, let's say we don't play. Yeah, we don't play Miami and we don't play New York twice after this because we played them in Orlando. Would you prefer to get those games out of the way in the tournament? Hmm. Or, like, I mean, obviously we would prefer to have our NYCFC away game count as our tournament game versus them. But it's just thinking, like, is right. it kind of like a shame we didn't play Crew, a team we were afraid of, in this kind of funky format? Or, like, people are like, well, I'm glad we didn't run into Atlanta right now. But would it have kind of been a benefit to play Atlanta in this kind of funky thing if it would have meant we don't play them? Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. I think that's a good point. I feel like, yeah, because I feel like this is the, the most weak the, any of these teams are going to be, like, coming off of this big break and in this weird, like, more weird situation than, like, I'm sure it's still going to be not, you know, the same when the red season begins. But, um yeah, yeah, that's true. I feel like yeah, getting it, maybe getting Atlanta out of the way or Toronto would have been a, a benefit to us. But at least we do get the NYC potentially out of the way. Right. So right. Yeah. yeah at least we have kind of one that's kind of been a little pain in our butt. Um. Yeah, because like I mean, right. like something we didn't talk about at the end of the day, like how important is this tournament in the grand scheme of things? Is it going to be compared to like a U.S. Open Cup, or is it going to be like a big high stakes thing because there still is well, a regular season to be played after this? Let's get into that in a little bit because that's that's our that's going to be a topic in a couple minutes. Okay. Have you, okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, don't don't jump ahead. We were talking about groups of death. Uh, Group D: Real Salt Lake, Sporting, Colorado, Minnesota. Um, I think that might be a sneaky okay group. I don't know about Colorado, but Minnesota, Sporting, and Real. I kind of like all of them. Um, but it's, I don't think they're like as good as the other teams, but I think they're all on a pretty evenish plateau. Yeah. That could be a pretty fun group. Yeah. Um, I, I think group C is actually going to be really, a re- would be a really tough group to be in. I'm glad we so avoided you, a lot of those teams. So you say that, but I, I don't, I don't think I'm not afraid of like, I think Toronto is obviously always tough. Um, yeah, I feel like didn't we just beat them last year? Didn't we? Well, we beat them, yeah, but we also lost them last year, and they they went to the we lost. they went to the finals last year. Yeah, but anyone could have gone to the finals. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, regular season loss was the first game of the season. You know, like yeah. we didn't even know what we were doing. Okay, yeah, but like they're always a tough team to play, and then Revolution is yeah. like I feel like they're getting better and better. And like they have a lot of good players now. I think they're like an underrated team. Montreal always gives us a, a you know, a stupid game. We always like lose p- poorly to them. 
And then DC is a game, a team that I like to play, but that's it. Yeah, so like I, I would kind of feel the opposite. I, I like DC, um, but I'm not really. I mean, I, I like you know we both like playing against DC. They suck, mm-hmm. um, but like I'm not the Montreal and New England. I, those are two teams I was like not really afraid of, especially in this tournament format. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I those that group I did not see as a strong group. So it's kind of funny that you said that one. Yeah, those are just, those those three teams are always teams that make me nervous whenever those matchups come up. So I feel like mm-hmm. I like avoiding those at least in this situation. Yeah, I guess I could see them being weird matchups where you don't really know. Um, group B with Seattle, FC Dallas, Vancouver, and San Jose. That one that one's pretty strong. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it could be strong, but it also could be weak. Like, like what what Dallas are you gonna get? Yeah, and um, earthquakes too. Like they they're pretty up and down. Up and down. Yeah, yeah. And then Vancouver is always kind of just, I don't know. Yeah, they're one of the worst teams, I'd say, right now. So, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, probably Group F and whatever else I said as good teams, good uh, groups. Mm. Um, Do you have any, like, specific matchups between two teams within the group stages that you're excited to see where you're like, I mean, obviously, El Trafico is always exciting. Yeah, but now bringing up the point you brought up before, it's, like, disappointing that that's being played in this Orlando tournament and not in L.A. Right. There's, like, obviously, there's probably yeah. not going to be fans and stuff in yeah, L.A., but, like, it still would have been a more marquee matchup in probably the regular season yeah. than this. And that's what um, I'd actually tweet out, like, even, like, the the league probably would have preferred this to have been a knockout game. But I guess, you know, knockouts never guaranteed that they're go- both going to make it to not uh, play each other. So maybe they just were like, well, let's at least make sure we get them to play each other in the groups. You know, this is if mm-hmm. in case rigged. Because, um, yeah, I think I saw something that like every group has a regional matchup to some degree. Because uh, you got Orlando and Miami. Um, Toronto and Montreal, the LA's, um, Columbus and Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and then doesn't Real Salt Lake and Kansas City don't they hate each other? Um, kind of. Isn't it Salt Lake and Rapids? Maybe that too. Yes, yeah, cool. like each group has a pretty good, uh, and then Vancouver and Seattle mm-hmm. has a pretty good rivalry in it. Um, so yeah, at first I was like, well you'd prefer the LA's and at least the knockout stage, but that's not guaranteed. And then, you know, like you said, well, they'd probably, it's kind of a shame it's happening in the knockout of uh, an Orlando tournament rather than in LA, but there aren't going to be fans at these games. I mean, that's kind of a thing with playing Atlanta right now compared to in September, maybe it won't matter as much because in September, it's not like they'll have fans in their stadium anyway, which is always one of the hard things. I mean, there might be though. There could be like a you know a, a situation where they put in like a partial filled stadium. Like if if that's if we're at that at that place, like that's a thing that like we you know we still don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess we, yeah, I guess you don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry. Any matchups specifically? Um, yeah. I'm I'm kind of just really interested in like us playing these 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 um these you know the new teams nashville and, and miami just because i like i want to get a feel for what these teams are about and i'm yeah. always i'm always curious about the, the the new teams every year so it's it's cool that we get to see them and we get to like kind of focus on these teams right away 
other than that mm-hmm. it's all just kind of like i'm just excited to watch mls games it's yeah you know it's going to be exciting yeah. no matter what and i do think the fact that you have a game in the morning and then two at night does make it kind of feel more world cuppy where yeah. like the time kind of like funky and it's not all prime time oh yeah for sure it's always one of the beauties of having a world cup is that like you're waking up you know 5 a.m to watch a game or staying up real late mm-hmm yeah, it's exciting. And then there's or, like these games, you know, so many games, every, like almost every day. That's it's like such a it's a beauty of these these kind of tournaments. And it's really exciting yeah. that we get to have this with MLS. It's like with you know with all this going on, it's like this is it feels like a really nice little gift that we got, you know. Yeah, and the fact that like we haven't had any any sports on TV. Um, I know in my house, I, I've kind of like credited you know so many hours of TV time where yeah, no, I watch Paw Patrol right now. Uh, it's cool it's cool just know when this tournament starts i get tv time yeah yeah it's exciting and uh, it's, yeah go ahead. Uh, yeah the last thing just because it's like a world cup style tournament like it's something that we like can easily understand and get behind generally mm-hmm. like it's like all right we we get how these group stages are like me so we side the weird 16 group but it's like okay we get how this is going to work and how it's going to feel so it's, it's exciting to anticipate yeah definitely definitely um so this tournament where do you rank it within uh mls competitions so you've got u.s open cup supporters shield mls cup champions league league of nations mls is back tournament am i missing anything i don't think so the campiones cup which is like not really a tournament i guess and that's like okay. the winner of like the MLS Cup winner, and then the League MX winner it like plays a, oh, okay. a one-off. But that's I guess that's not a tournament. Um, I I think I don't know. You go first. You go first. All right. Well, I mean, if you're like doing a power rankings, I would say, I mean, obviously MLS Cup is top. Um, I would go op- MLS Cup, Open Cup, Supporter Shield. Oh wait, Champions League is in there. It's just it's just tough because Champions League's only been won like once, right, by an MLS team way I mean, back when. But not like DC. it was like not even called Champions League. Like technically, it was different, right? I probably. Um, so I mean, if you could win Champions League, where like, where would you compare Champions League to MLS Cup as far as winning? MLS uh, Union can win one of the two. Which would you prefer? I prefer MLS Cup, but Champions League yeah, is I mean, pretty. It's a it's a pretty huge deal. Right. So, and it's tough because like MLS cup is bigger within Philadelphia fandom, but I think champions league would be bigger league wide Of course, because yeah. it's even like when Montreal made that run, it's like, I'm watching and being like, all right, come on, Montreal, let's go. And you'd have a lot of fans cheering for Philly just because they're an MLS team. But mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of tough because it's kind of two different avenues. Um, yeah, so for the, for this MLS is back yeah. cup, I, yeah. it's got to be like right around where Open Cup is. Yeah, that's what I was kind of going to say. Because it's like okay. you get the same kind of prize, um, which the, you know the Champions League birth. I don't know the prize money. Maybe it's a little more with this. I don't. I really don't know. But I think in terms of importance, it's like a weird little tournament in the end of summer, and it's kind of like fits in this that same kind of category. And like obviously teams are gonna focus on this now because it's all we have now, but like it's still not like in the grand scheme of things, the MLS Cup at the end of this year, as weird as this year is, is gonna be more important than this tournament. 
Right, right. And the other weird thing is like, that's if we have MLS Cup. Not that I think that like we won't, but like that's not a really guaranteed thing at this point. I think well, in when this was released a couple of days ago, it it, it the like the press release or whatever mentioned the rest of the regular season and MLS Cup and playoffs all kind of happening. That's that's the plan right yeah, now. So yeah, they're all you no, know, that's the hope and the plan. But it's, it's just it's kind of like you can't count your chickens right now because yeah. you know, I mean and I, I do assume that you know MLS will continue after this and all that and we'll have MLS playoff Audi playoffs and MLS Cup just without fans likely mm-hmm. um, but we don't but we just don't know so it's just kind of tough to know what the 2020 rankings of these kinds of things will be but you know cool man all right it's yeah. been, it's been fun to actually talk about soccer for Yes. The first time in a while. It's a Thursday night. We're talking about soccer. I know tomorrow night I'm going to do my best to hop on the uh, Union Happy Hour. I know you said you've you've already got some plans, but uh, if if you if you're listening to this podcast and you're not on the Union Union Happy Hour on Friday nights, they've been doing a great job. Shout out to them. Um, getting players, getting um, soccer personalities. Last week I was on and they had Kai Wagner. Um, Tannen Vald, uh, Jason Davis, and Alexis Guerrero of the Cooligans um, all popped on just for a little bit. So it was cool listening to all them. So definitely make sure you hop on there. Uh, yeah. Any other shout outs you want to do? No, I think that was the only one. And um, But yeah, the, well, I guess we'll, we'll be back more regularly now that we can we have a lot more to talk about soccer-wise. Yeah, sure. I hope so. All right, guys. Well, thanks for taking time to listen to the Doobie Brothers. We love you. You guys are awesome. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon.